0: so full of, of fun that I thought she'd be a perfect person to have on our episode today and start over. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Ted.
0: So, Michelle, where are you these days?
1: Yeah. So currently, as I'm recording this, I am in my, uh, very nice, shiny corner office, uh, the corner office of my living room. Uh, you know, as we're recording this, we're still in the, in the stay at home order, various, um, you know, phases of that. Uh, I, I somehow magically have gotten rid of my husband and my three kids. So the house is actually quiet. I don't have to use all of my, uh, mommy power to make everybody be quiet. So that's, uh, awesome and amazing, um, and so that's where I physically am. Uh, got I got to tell you that that mentally and emotionally and um, spiritually I'm in a I'm in a place of of really good peace, even in the midst of all of the chaos and crazy that might be happening. Um, I really, really, I've enjoyed the past few months, even though it's been um, you know just rock you on your heels, right? Um, And so currently I am a a leadership development expert. I go through and, and help leaders of all kinds. Typically what I do is I help education leaders understand how to think a little bit more like entrepreneurs and entrepreneur leaders to think a little bit more like educators. So kind of shifting some mindsets there. Um and I do that all from my my home. My laptop and my my camera are my best friends. Uh and I'm you having a lot of fun office. doing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice.
0: Um and you have a, a fantastic podcast.
1: We do daily, correct? Yes, yes. So the podcast is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Um, we've been going a little over a year now. We're set this week to go over the thirty thousand listener mark. so I'm very excited about that. Um we do a daily one and really the essence is to get a 10 to 20 minute, uh, time in where it gives people kind of a shot in the arm. Um, we talk about your thinking and mindset and how, um, how you can just be come a little bit more aware. And I always, always strive to give really good examples and stories, but also to give really good questions because I believe questions will eventually lead you to gold. So they don't necessarily need me to tell them what to do, but they need somebody to ask them really good questions to kind of check in with themselves. Uh and I I think that's what keeps people coming.
0: Yeah, there's a real power to asking questions. For sure. And it can open up places that we we never saw. Yeah. Before.
1: Yeah, and when you my when my you really stay in that question for a while, right? You you ask yourself a question and you say, "Hmm, hmm, what does that mean to me? How, how can I see that about me in, in various perspectives? You, you gain so much more knowledge than if you maybe read a book and the author said, hey, go do this. So that self-knowledge is huge.
0: Exactly. In a book, it's so easy just to flip. Flip pages, flip pages, oh, yeah. got this, got this, got this. To have yeah. someone saying, hey, here's the question. Yeah. And to just let that silence sit.
1: And, and I think with a book or, or you know, this is a danger because I kind of put down podcasts sometimes, even on my podcast. Uh, but the danger is that when you take in that information, you now become what I call a shelf help expert. So you have read the book and you put the book on the shelf and you magically like think that, that. that's going to happen. You know, it's going to help you. That's not how life works.
0: <laughs> I love that. Shelf health. Uh, and that's just assuming that that's giving people the courtesy of saying they read the book.
1: Um, right just purchase
0: the book and put it straight to the shelf
1: absolutely yeah
0: exactly exactly so you are michelle so full of life and joy right now and um you're in a let's back up yeah let's back up as far as you want to go in life tell us what life was has been like like before yeah place you're in today.
1: Yeah, so you know, I've really been reflecting on this the last few months, especially because as my business is growing and soaring, and we're meeting metrics that, I, quite frankly, I never even had in my head um, as something that I wanted to do. Um, there's a danger, I think, when people look at what I am and and what I do, that they say, "Oh, Michelle is awesome. She's amazing. She's the expert at all this." Uh, and then the the unwritten thought behind that is I could never do that. And that is the farthest thing from what I want to do, because I want to be that quote unquote expert who comes and shows you your power um, so that you see we're doing this side by side. And so part of that is really telling my story more of where I've come from. So people don't just see me on a big stage, but they see who I was. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I know I need to write a book at some day, point, but you know, some, I'm a little, I'm a little busy at the moment. So, uh, but when, when I was a young kid, listen, let me preface this story with: I believe all parents do the very best they can with what they know and what they have. I truly believe that about all parents. No parent ever starts that journey and says, "Hey, I want to screw up my kid." Right? That's just not what happens. And unfortunately, my parents didn't know a lot and they didn't have a lot. And so we found ourselves in all kinds of situations. Um, there was definitely abuse of all kinds, neglect. Um, we were poor. We were homeless, uh, five times before I was in kindergarten. Um, there was just a lot going on. And when you're, you're raised in that sort of an environment, it has a huge effect on who you are. Um, a large part of my education training really focused on uh, parent involvement, especially when it comes to trauma. Um, how do you overcome the trauma that maybe a parent had so they can parent their child better and so on? And I think I was gravitated towards that because I wanted to fix me. I wanted to understand me. Um, and the more that I go along, the more I realize, whoa, this applies to everybody. Um, so yeah, that that's where I started. Um uh, Eventually, my parents kind of... You know made a made a hole for themselves they they bought a house and um, maybe it wasn't the best environment but it, it was better than what we had um, and i started growing up but i remember very succinctly when i was in high school i was involved in everything right all the sports all the activities everything and my friends just thought i was doing it to kind of be popular right when in reality, I had learned if you go and you do all these things that, and you stay long enough at school, somebody will feed you. Mm-hmm. Somebody will like you. And, and it's a, it's a different environment. You won't get in trouble like you would at home. Um, and summers and weekends and, and all that were, were a little hard, especially holidays. Family holidays were really hard. And I was a, a I think a late junior in high school and a, a coach came over and said, Michelle, where have you applied to college? And I was like, What do you mean? And he said, What do you mean? What do I mean? You have a, a 3.97 GPA. Why would you not go to college? And I was like, Well, why would I? That wasn't even entering into my realm of possibility. Um and so I, I did, and I'm thankful that I did. Um, still paying for it, but I'm thankful that I did, right? <laughs> um and I just started growing and i caught this bug for for growth um i don't think i was still in that dreaming or goal setting phase it was more just like what can i what can i grab and and get inside me uh and then i i started having a family and i realized very quickly that i was a people pleaser Uh, i think a lot of people suffer this And I was trying to make my husband happy, my in-laws happy, my kids happy, my boss happy, everybody happy. Uh, And it got to be so stressful, I actually ended up having a stroke. And when I had that stroke, uh, you know, you're all of a sudden making everybody happy, doing all the things, and then, boom, you can't use the restroom by yourself. So you're in a a different world where there are no expectations. And looking back on it, what a huge blessing. Uh, Because it was the incubator for me to finally, the only thing I could do was sit sit in the chair and think, right? And I had had a doctor who told me that uh, based upon what they were finding, I would probably always have a speech impediment. Uh, I would probably always use my walker to walk. And I probably would stay at the, they had done some cognitive testing and found I was at a 10th grade level. And gosh, that's, that's a hard thing to hear, right? When, when you have two, below. yeah, two degrees, you've got a, a one, four and six year old child and and you're very young, like, ooh, wow. Um, and Michelle, was that the first
0: time you actually stopped? You describe your childhood as I'm going to be at school and doing all these things because it's safe. Yeah, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to keep running, keep yeah. running because I'm going to get nurtured. Yeah, outside the home. Yeah, I'm going to then, then get married and start a family yeah. and, and go to college and move and move and move yeah. and move. And it was the stroke the first time?
1: Yeah, it was, it was the literally first literally. Yeah, it was the first. Forced rest that I had. Now, looking back, you know, I, I believe that the universe kind of talks to you in, um, you know, little feathers on your face or two by fours upside your head. That was a two by four, okay? <laughs> no but looking back, I can see there were a lot of feather moments that I did not listen to. Um, but somewhere. <laughs> Um, so, so, you know, a sickness here or, you know, a a rough interaction with somebody over here that I could have used as a a possibility to grow out of, you know, but it was just ignore that, (laughs) go to the next thing, ignore that, go to the next thing. Um, when you grew up in the house that I did, you were not allowed to ever show feelings. And, and I think the underlying belief there was, you're not allowed to have feelings which leads you straight into that tunnel of people pleasing, right? Because you're only happy if everybody around you shows that they are happy with you. Um, and so, you know, at that moment it was like, I can't make anybody happy. And, and that was a huge blessing. Honestly, uh, I started creating this secret plan of how I was going to come back because I, I heard a, um, a discussion between my dad and my husband about what they were going to do with me what are we going to do to take care of her the rest of her life? And I was like, I'm 32. <laughs> I just turned 32. I can't live a life like that. Um, and so I, I created my secret plan and I went into all my therapists and I said, Hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. And they said, you're absolutely nuts. And I said, that's okay. Um, I don't care if it's impossible. We're going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the secret plan was to run a 5k Uh, Which I did. So within two years, I ran my first 5k. Now, running might not be the term for it. It was more like uh, a turtle stampeding through peanut butter.
0: But you weren't using a walker.
1: That's right. No walker and I didn't walk once. So I finished. And then, um, the second part of the plan was I wanted to become a speaker. I wanted to use my voice to help other people. And I gave my very first keynote presentation to 600 people talking about the power of a positive mindset. Um, and, and I think before that instance, the, the positive mindset would have been something I read in a book and hoped was real. Mm. And after That's the. Nice. Yeah. Idea,
0: right? But it doesn't
1: apply to me. right. And, and, you know, since the stroke, I've realized, whoa, okay, this, this is life. This is your life energy. Um, and then the third part, you know, they said I, I would have cognitive delays. So what did I do? I went and I signed up to, to go back to school and I'm in the last parts of finishing my PhD program right now. So you know, people look back on that and they say, "Wow, Michelle, that was amazing. You, you know, what a miracle that that you were granted." And I said, "I don't I don't think you understand what the miracle was. The miracle was that I didn't listen to the doctor." I didn't listen to the people in my life who said it was impossible. I said, no, what What do I want and how am I going to go after it? Sure, it might be impossible, but we're going to do it anyway. And so that's slowly kind of become a mantra of mine, you know, when I dream up something new and I, I've i learned over time not to tell people things, <laughs> just go and do it and then tell them. Because
0: they'll say no.
1: They will say no. They will tell me how I can't do it. Yep. There's very few people in my life who I can say, hey, I've got a crazy idea. And they're like, wow, Michelle, that's amazing. I know you're going to do it.
0: So I love this plan. Got the secret plan. Yeah. I'm going to run. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to, um, actually I forgot what the third one was.
1: Uh, run, um, speaker and then go back to school. Yep. Oh,
0: right. I'm going to, I'm going to run. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to go back to school. And now you're working on your PhD. Mm -hmm. what happened right before that where what was the feeling right before that i mean did you picture at that time i've got the super plan and it's gonna happen or man this is my
1: life yeah so right before creating that plan and making the decision because you can create a plan but until you really make a decision nothing changes so i had created this plan in my head and then made the decision but right before that was uh, you know, I don't know if it was a hopelessness. I think it was more of an apathy, which I think apathy is l- a lower energy than hopelessness. I, that's a whole other podcast episode. But yeah, not <laughs> even
0: connected enough to be hopeless. Right?
1: Exactly. I, exactly.
0: I can't even, I'm not even gonna put any energy. Yeah.
1: And and I awesome. was. I I think the only hope I had at that point was that somebody outside me was going to rescue me. Somebody would have a medication. Somebody would have a treatment. Somebody was going to be able to help me because clearly other people in the world have gone through this. So, you know, I should be able to get help too. And when that doctor gave us that pronouncement, um, yeah, it was kind of like, there is no hope for you. There's no help for you. And it, it made me flash back to all of these other times in my life where I had been told there's no help coming. There's no help coming, Michelle. You need to be your own superhero. And, you know, that's a, that's a fine, that's a double-edged sword there. You know, you can, you can be your superhero, but see, I was my superhero for many years. Right. And then I tried to be everybody else's superhero and that's what led to the stress of that. Right. And so on the other side of it, I realized, Being my own superhero means making my own decisions, understanding what is your purpose, what is your mission, how are you going to serve people, get that plan going. And, you know, when you need help, absolutely ask for help. There will be people out there who will help you. Um, You don't have to do everything on your own. But if you are living a life to make somebody else happy, there's no help for you.
0: yeah It's a big lesson for people. A lot of us are pleasers yes we live to We live to support someone else and maybe live vicariously through them mm-hmm. but, but there was some message in our life that feelings were not okay yeah our own our own joy, our own happiness was not okay, so I just need to do something for other people to be happy.
1: yeah. And, you know, if your feelings, if it's not okay to have feelings or to show feelings, you can't really show your power either. I mean, think about feelings are just such a, a fleeting thing. And if you can't share that, how can you share your power and your voice with the world? And so I feel like. You know, I am a wildly different person than I was before my stroke. I know that. I, I often tease my husband. I'm like, "You got a second wife because you didn't you didn't go into this bargain with me." <laughs> um, and and it, and it's so true. But I also look at the things that I've been able to do with my kids and I'm a wildly different mother than I was before my stroke. I think I was um, patterning a lot of things on my my own parenting before the stroke um, and then afterwards it was much more of a, hey, if you can't do anything with and for your kids, you can only sit there. Guess what? You get to be a really good um, conversationalist, a really good listener and asking really good questions. So now I feel like I'm much more connected with my kids. I know what's going on with them. Um, And I'm much more about, hey, what power can I give you so that you can go and do something Um, versus, hey, let me do this for you.
0: So do you now see those superpowers coming out in your kids?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it it you know, it's funny because I I was talking to a friend today and she knows my son and she was just talking about how he's such a great kid. And she had all of these anecdotes for that. And I was just like, "Yeah." You know, it, and I was thinking back to the lessons that I've I've been able to walk him through. Or, you know, when when teachers say, "Oh my gosh, your your daughter is like light years above and beyond. She's a coach. She's coaching her the other students." And I'm like, yeah, because that's a part of who she is now. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It, and I look at that and I go, okay, that makes it all worth it when you've got a strong arm them to be quiet when you're on a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're
0: now, you opened this, this episode with parents use the tools they have. And yeah. now you have different tools. Yep
1: and they're i and i think the the next step is really understanding that you have tools and you can create tools you can go out and shop for tools and when you understand how to use the correct tools because i look at parents all the time they have some good tools but they just they're not using the right tools because they think that this hammer is going to work on their child who really just needs a screwdriver Right. And so that's a whole nother nuance right there. Right.
0: So I remember you saying that this, your stroke was pretty unusual.
1: Yeah.
0: So most likely people listening to this episode have not experienced it. Yeah. Or do they know someone who's experienced it, but they might have had their own stroke. Right. Literal stroke or, or figurative. Mm-hmm. What's the message you would give them?
1: first of all it's never hopeless um and i think the second is be careful who you listen to be careful who you listen to um you know there are experts and authorities out there in their own field but there is a reason why um, it's called a medical practice and not a medical expertise Um, they are really just practicing and just because you had something happen to you does not mean that you will turn out the same way. And I think that applies to everything, not just a, a medical situation, but you know, there's a lot of people who would look at what I went through as a kid and they would give me a lot of license to have, you know, excuses or reasons to not do something with my life. And I think part of why they do that is because it—it it is hard to come out of that. And so if we just give everybody the license to not come out of that, then it's okay to be whatever it is that you end up being, right? And so I look at it a different way and say, no, no, it's my job to go and inspire as many people as possible and say, what do you want? Because I don't care what it is that you want, when you get a desire for something, there is a way to make that happen. And I will help you and I will show you and I will believe in you all the way to get to that point. So it doesn't have to be a medical thing, but it can purely be a belief thing like, oh, you know, my father left when I was a kid. Oh, my parents got divorced. You know, there's these things that we hold inside of us and we give them the excuse for why we can't be successful in life.
0: Michelle, speaking of inspiration, you are so inspiring. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you for sharing your story and your story of your childhood and your story of, of what can happen. Yeah. After a stroke. Yeah. Um, and what you made happen with your secret plan. And yeah. And wherever anyone is listening to this, um, I just love the encouragement for them to have their own secret plan.
1: Yes, and and, and honestly, the only thing that's different. The only thing that's different from Michelle sitting in a pile in a corner somewhere and Michelle sitting in this corner office right now, the only thing that's different is one decision. When I came up with a plan and I said, we're doing it, that's the difference. And so I don't care who you are or where you're at or what's going on in your life. Just make a decision and start on the journey and you never know where you're going to end up. Love it.
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you, Michelle. It's been wonderful speaking with you. I hope we get to speak again.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Yeah, wish you lots of blessings. Thank you. Thank you. All right, my friend. That was fun. Yeah, speaking with you. I loved last week, loved today. I'm so happy that we
1: connected. Me too.
0: Uh, I will try to be really good about giving you advance notice of when
1: yours is going to come out yep. and not
0: hit the wrong button so it gets published
1: immediately. <laughs> That's fine. No worries. I can work with both.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you do every day. You're, you're on every day. So,